This is Germain Health, the center to help you achieve wellness in both your brain and body. We endeavor to encourage cross-communication between health professionals for your health and well-being. We'll bring you topics on functional neurological health, such as neuropsychology, neurobehavior, neuromusculoskeletal, neurogastro, the embodied project, metabolism, and microbiome, which are also some of the services that we provide. So today's episode is looking at common injuries that we see in weightlifting, as not only is our resident physio also a weightlifting coach, but it's also one of the sports that um, a fair few of our patients partake in. So who better to discuss this with than our own physio, Sarah? Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Jackie. Thanks for having me. So um, I see you've got listed. We come prepared, guys. For the first time. <laughs> we've, hey, we always come prepared. Yeah, we've got a list of topics to go through. Yeah, so we're just oh. going to discuss them in, in pertaining to joint by joint specifically. Well, we're the most commonly seen ones. Yeah. So the, the injury sites that we see most commonly. Yeah. Um, so before diving into any specific region, let's just preface this that any injury that occurs in any sport contact, non-contact, collision, non-collision sport is when there's a deviation from your ideal positions. Yes, yeah, say for example, a squat, you might be squatting with a around the back or which can happen sometimes hyperextended back. I think Jackie covered soccer, you know, mm-hmm. it's like overstretching or um, getting knocked out of position. That's when usually injuries happen. So that was the meniscus and the ACL for the soccer injury predominantly. So weightlifting is not a dangerous sport. Any sport is not dangerous as long as you do it well under right supervision and it's not a collision it's not an impact sport yeah it's not an impact sport to to clarify because it can be a dangerous sport if done incorrectly but it's not a collision impacty type of danger sport. Yeah. It's more yeah. a, a ceremony. So let's discuss some of the contributing factors. So one, not being able to maintain ideal positions, which can happen when you're trying to push for uh, max out weights, like your PRs, you know, you're trying to push your envelope and challenge yourself. That's usually when form breaks down. One and, and you Sorry? One RMs. One RMs, yeah, yeah. That's when form typically breaks down, as it should, because it's your max. There's that one. Um, or, or if you're just trying to outlift your mate. Yeah. Just so, when cockiness and the ego kicks in. Yeah, ego lifting. That's called oh. ego lifting. Like, I'm, a, I'm not a weightlifting guy. I'm not, in, <laughs> I'm not a weightlifter, guys, and I have not much knowledge of any terminology involved in it. I know the basic moves and how to analyze them, but beyond that, I'm the rookie here. No, you're not. It's, it's applicable. It's general training, really, weightlifting. Apart from the specific, specific movements, yeah, yeah specific. Speci- I, yeah. I'm, I'm good with the, speci- the the general movements. It's the new, it's the specific one. Yeah. So we've covered poor technique. Um, one thing that we don't normally, pit, I think people use, we preach a lot is warm up adequately. So getting the muscles into the range that they require to work, getting your neuro, your nervous system to get fired up. Because yeah, the neural pathways fired up because um, weightlifting <laughs> is a explosive sport. You're required to lift really heavy wo- loads under uh, in a really quick time. In saying that, 
being explosive, you're requiring a lot of demand in your fast twitch type 2 muscles mm -hmm. and they don't usually deal well with fatigue. Yeah. So allowing adequate rest they're, time. They're, they're fast for a reason. They're good for fast explosive actions, but they're not an endurance muscle. They're not an endurance fiber. So allowing enough rest, um, but also one thing to shine a light on is actually getting enough conditioning in. You know, a lot of people say, oh, weightlifters, we, we don't do cardio um, and whatnot. And I find, I see that that's actually quite a big limiter, you know, getting completely wiped from just doing like a 90% lift and having to sit down um, and taking quite some time to recover. That can be so something easily worked on. Yeah, because when you're under heavy loads, the big thing is to brace properly. And how, to, how do you brace properly? You have to hold your breath. So in that sense, if you increase your conditioning, you'll be able to manage um, heavy loads more frequently. Yeah, and train better to get stronger. Since you mentioned breath, yes. breathing is also yes. a big factor that contributes to injuries. Mm, big, big one. So when we're go well let's jump into it so i didn't put on the list prior but issues with like neck and shoulder tension oh, we've got shoulder yeah neck and shoulder tension a lot of that is actually due to breath mm -hmm. not being able to direct your breath down to your diaphragm and then creating that large abdominal pressure to support your spine so what happens if you breathe up into your your collarbones which is already supporting a large weight. You've got the barbell sitting across there. If you breathe up into it, you're just going to tense up even more. For those who have issues um, locking out in the jerk, that's usually why. It's because you're, if you try to, it's like trying to move your arms into the jerk position with the brakes on because your muscles are already switched on. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty it's, good way it, to They're, they're being held backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So that also creates unnecessary tension in your neck and shoulder. It, it also, the shoulder joint itself also has mm. to work a lot more. A lot more, yes. Know, to try and do that. Yeah. It's the same as when people struggle or end up with instability in their shoulders because of the fact that they, ha they don't breathe properly. They then try and so they don't have that extension coming through mm. their front torso, the front of their anterior spine. They're literally then going, all right, I can't get through the front. So the shoulders have to become more, much more mobile yep. to then be able to up, up and hold the weight mm. above it, go overhead because it's not coming through the extension patterns through their front. So we do see a fair bit of that coming through as well. So it causes unnecessary shoulder issues or shoulder issues that stem from breathing patterns, altered breathing patterns, poor breathing patterns, rather than the shoulder itself having been put under a specific trauma or specific injury it's directly. Yeah. It originates from another culprit. Yeah, good segue. So <clears throat> common shoulder injuries we get is shoulder impingement. Mm -hmm. That could be from the supraspinatus. You, you most probably, commonly. Most common in overhead injuries. And the bursa. And impingement the bursa, of the bursa. Yeah. The bursa um, being caught. But like um, adding on to what Jackie was saying about your shoulders having to compensate for your overhead position due to poor bracing mechanics or just poor mobility in general, uh, put strain onto your long head or bicep. That's pretty and common super, well. And your super spin itself. Yeah. Granted, the whole rotator cuff in this in this yeah. movement itself. Cops yeah. Um, but especially even more, it's, it's under a lot more tension, under a lot more load when it's having to do the job because you can't, as we said, we can't get the extension patterns happening mm. 
through the through the front torso. So we're going to be a to and fro from technique because um, I'm able to add some input. If you are relying on your arms, your shoulder, to actually bring the bar into position overhead, as opposed to using your entire body to produce force, that also leads yep. to the strain and yep, the yep. overuse and all that. Cool. So that's shoulder mostly. Yeah. So let's move down the arm. We've got the elbow. Um, and my point to add to that was Olympic weightlifting is a very grippy sport, mm-hmm. gripping of heavy, heavy thing sport. So you typically get um, tight forearms and that could lead to all the tendonitis issues. Golfers and tennis elbows and yeah. lifters. So it's lifters elbow. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but from different things, right? Yeah, so the tennis elbow is the one on the outside. Yep. Lateral um, epicondylitis. Yeah. And that's usually from gripping and then trying to flip the bar with your hand again to the over gripping and not using your legs to help drive and the golfer's elbow also from over gripping mm-hmm. yep because it's your flexes um, help you to close your fingers and grip but i was thinking also in the overhead position when your elbow pits are facing upwards and your wrist is in a hyperextended position can potentially put a strain yeah. on it yep that can put increased pressure into your medial elbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's one. It can also lead to ligamentous injuries. So, mm-hmm. yeah, most of the injuries are actually overuse, strains, itises. Um, very rarely. We've got a few bony ones, but very rarely. Yes. The elbow, the, I, I'm just oh, showing yeah, the action yeah, yeah. because I don't know what so, this action so the, is. The, I explained it to Sarah before, <laughs> so I'm just reminding her to explain at least one particular. We've got a case of this. We're currently rehabbing a case of this with an elbow injury. So it's the mechanism of injury is the one that I'm asking. I'm showing Sarah to describe for you guys. So when you after you've done the clean or the snatch, recovering from overhead or from your shoulders, you bring it down to the hang. That's when you have to hang on to the bar of, and bring it down to your hips. So you're not quite completely relaxed because you have to control where the bar is and be ready to grab it. So there's a bit of tension in your elbow. So and especially the ligaments. Yeah. So like we said about the the lateral and the medial, so the outside and the inside, um, in the clean specifically, you are, yeah, so regripping, you have to work both sides, right? Your flexor is working, but your extensor is also working to uh, control the lockout of your elbow. So... Yeah, so for all the crossfitters who do multiple reps, um, that's one thing to be wary of. Yeah, if you dump the bar, if you need, use blocks, whatever to help you. Cool. The less strain, the better. All right. Lig- ligament, ligaments don't like being strained too much. They have a little bit of tensile fibers to them, so a little bit of stretch, but they don't like being stretched in general because they don't normally recover to the beginning point. So it's already going to end up being slightly overstretched. So it will be a little bit more unstable mm. once the injury occurs. The, the smaller the strain, the better. So you, it, it's a it's it's a better recovery if the smaller the strain is, but it's still a longer recovery and takes a, a good fair few weeks to try and get the, in this case we're talking about the elbow, so the elbow stable enough mm. to be able to start doing those actions again, mm. even with a lightweight. So moving further down to the end of the chain, I've got the wrist. Um, so 
commonly it's a hyperextension injury. So one, either you've got very poor mobility in the clean, relying, so your lats are tight or your triceps are tight, you're not able to bring your elbows up. So your wrist is the one that is allowing the bar to sit on your front rack. Um, that's usually problem. Another one is when you're overhead, um, I think most common in a very, very heavy jerk and having that bar crushing, coming down onto your hand, sometimes slightly behind you, causing that hyperextension injury. Do you feel it more through the muscle itself, the hyperextension injury or the bone? Sometimes myself personally, because I'm quite mobile, um, the bone. So I feel like this tight pinchment on the, on the, in my compression through those yeah. carpal bones. Okay. And I believe in the past, you guys have actually mobilized my carpal bones mm-hmm, before because mm-hmm. it gets a little bit jammed. Yeah, and I think, I think it's not just you that I've done it for. I'm pretty sure that I've done it to a few of other lifters as well mm. when they feel jammy through their wrists as well. Yeah. Yeah. And cross, oh, funnily enough, CrossFit. Yeah. Because well, we so yeah. do a lot of handstands, handstand yeah. push ups, burpees, you know, you're landing on your hands that's straight into your wrist. Cool. All right, let's move away from the upper limb. Where are we going next? Let's move down the change. Let's go to the back. So the back is one of the top three common weightlifting injuries. Um, the top three being the back, the knee and the shoulder. Shoulder we've covered, so now we're talking about the back. So the back. So the most common ones would be, you know, you hear of the horror stories, herniated disc or disc vultures. Um, very uncommon. You can have um, spondylolisthesis or lysis. If you don't know what that is, refer back to our <laughs> previous podcast. Um, that's more Should common. Should we share with Sarah share her story? <laughs> that's more common in um, the old clean and press where you see the men have the bar on the clean and really, really bend backwards. I'd be inclined to say that Olympic lifting is fine, press. but for power lifting, oh, yeah. <laughs> for power lifting, as soon as Sarah said this herniations, I, Olympic lifting, I had yeah, yeah, you can you can do it by a heavyweight, accidentally poor form. Olympic lift, uh, so power lifting. Meanwhile, oh my god, I was re- I, I went again to the um, fitness expo on the weekend, and I don't know why I do this to myself. I can't stand watching powerlifting especially did you watch the comp i watched the comp and it was the bench press part of it i don't know why i do it i know this is the one i can still vaguely tolerate the the, the hamstring the deadlift when they do it but i still don't like that but this one does my head in every single time i see it and yet I still, stood, I still stood there watching it going, all right, all right. And there were a couple of girls, funnily enough, the ones that didn't get the lift had, they still had a fairly decent arch coming off it, but it wasn't as excessive as a couple of the other girls that did get their lifts. Mm. Um, one of them I think set her own record, I believe they said. Um, but as I said, I actually went, I initially was watching from front on sort of thing, like just so I could see where I was at the head sort of thing. And then I went to the side and I was looking at it going, I don't know why I'm doing to the, this to myself, but I'm still going to go watch and see how much you're arching off this and going, oh, you pull back. And then you could see him coming off, holding their backs and stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I imagine it'd be worse for female because they're even more, more mobile. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I only did see the females this time around, but nah. Yeah. Not a sport that I can watch. <laughs> At least not with being very, very judgmental and very, very ow the whole time. 
Cool. So again, the back is never, also the back problem is never purely a back issue. Most of the time it, it's further down the chain or, or, or upper. So lacking thoracic mobility. So having to arch the back uh, to get the range or tight hips, tight hamstrings, all that jazz pulling on your pelvis, causing you to round your back yep. or hip flexor on one of those things. Cool. So that's the back. Anything to add? No, nah, put in my two cents. Yeah, cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, hip. Oh. Yeah, no, no, no. I think you're relatively okay. The only other thing that I've seen, but this was more of a gym goer doing, what was he doing? He was doing squats. Mm-hmm. Was he was, it was the arching situation. He was arching, so he somehow in his head had it that he should have a nice anterior pelvic tilt when he's setting up for a squat and then was wondering why all of the tension was going onto his knees and everything and his back was also hurting it took a let's just say not just necessarily retraining and then rehabbing this part but it took probably a good three to six months of actually lecturing for understanding (laughs) of this concept we'd get into an argument every single time because it he was he knew the concept because this person was also studying a movement course at at uni and yet somehow could not do that Get for himself it, yeah. he was doing the wrong movements for himself mm. so the problem with what Jackie just described is imagine if you have your butt poking out uh, like a duck it's almost impossible to engage your core correctly Hence, back to the bracing thing mm-hmm. all over again. That's that's your core tendon. Haha, <laughs> core. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it always goes back to that. Cool. So let's move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's move down further down to what's the ground. We're going to the hip. Hip has only been a, a issue of late, has, hasn't it? It has, but I'm not sure whether it's most of our, I think, I think most of our hip ones were also not straight lifters. They, they had a crossfitting background to them. Similar. Mm. If anything, if you add crossfit to the mix, it's a lot more volume. That's, that's, my, that's, yeah. that's the whole point exactly. So I'm not sure if it's directly related to a weight, the weightlifting yeah. component itself yeah. or whether it was more predis- predisposition to it because of the crossfitting activities. What about, you know, some say it could be a congenital thing. Is yeah. it like a chicken or the egg, you know? It's not so much so, most of the time it's not so much congenital unless somebody actually did have a hip dysplasia beforehand, mm. so a dislocation in the hip when they were, after they were born or when, when they were born type of thing, especially one that wasn't picked up, um, although even one that was picked up and treated later down the track can also predispose them to injuries of the hip as well. Um, in this case, what we're looking at is like your impingements and stuff and your structural defects with that. But a lot of the time it's more to do with the sports that they played in their youth and then their adolescence. So a lot of we're looking at your um, morphology of the hip, yeah. like the actual structure of the hip, when you're talking about your cam impingements or your pincer impingements, the actual bony structure of themselves, again, there is a previous um, – a podcast on this about hip issues I believe somewhere that we've covered this as well but it's more it seems to be more sports that have previously had running and kicking involved in them okay so if they've had if they've had a history of these kind of sports when they were younger 
So high demand on the hip. Yeah. yeah. That's that's where most st- seems to stem from. Unless literally they're doing a lift and their hip suddenly gives way. <laughs> Fair enough. Then that like their leg suddenly gives way and all the weight goes to the one side. Fair yeah. enough. That's that's a direct injury. Yeah. But there's an identifiable cause to it. Yeah. Whereas the ones that end up showing up with an injury is more likely than not. It's not an injury that's suddenly stemmed from the lifting that they're doing, it's something that's been a longer standing issue for them from previous, from their past or as progress, as they progressively continued in their sporting activities. Yeah. Yeah. So hip impingement can also come, apart from the bony joint issue, um, it can also come from just poor movement mechanics. Uh, so having really, really tight hip flexors can cause the um the head of the femur mm-hmm. to sit forward in the socket, causing that pinchy feeling. Um, likewise, having weak glutes or rotators of the hip can cause the knee to cave in. That's a visual, but if you can imagine what's happening in the ball and socket joint, it it's is actually yeah knocking into the socket. So that's another way um, it can cause impingement. Um, one thing I forgot to put down or write notes on is um, glute medius tendinopathy. Do you come across that much in terms of um, highly repetitive squatting? Um? Occasionally, but I'm, I've only seen probably a few cases in my whole mm. career type of thing. Would that just be from weakness or? It can be sometimes or like weakness on one side so the other side's having to do the job yeah um but it can sometimes also be related to their positioning when they sleep so just oh. having in a sustained position and piriformis is probably a bit more of a culprit to this yeah. but they tend to often go hand in hand all together um where just because they're sleeping in that position they're on stretch exactly so yeah. it's a sustained stretch yeah. that will end up causing it yeah cool all right, so that's all I've got for hip. Yep. Yep. All right, we're moving down to the knee, everyone's favorite knee. So if you can picture a person in their deeper squat, more often than not, it's when they're at the bottom of a snatch. Your knee is fully flexed and that you can imagine you've got your little patella bone sitting right in front of the knee joint. Um, that's most the most common complaint for knee pain is the pain in front of the knee or in the knee joint at the front. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's mostly from tight quads, weak hamstrings, because you're sing- you're pushing your knees too far forward. Poor patella tracking. Poor patella tracking and Again, that is sort weak of VMO, thing, yeah. ITV, whatever. Again, weak quads <laughs> idea. Yeah, so I just rehab the hell out of it. <laughs> so that's very common and it's actually common in a lot of sports. Like running, runners mm-hmm. get that a lot as well. Uh, so one thing I like to bring up is recently I've come no, up... runners get more of the patella tendon. Runners is more of patella tendon. Not so much from the... Not so much. It's usually below it. That's why you see the runners having the jump. The, the, t- the yeah, Like the jumpers. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. the jumpers. Yeah. yeah. More so the quad tendon is the one that's more aggravated for lifters. I guess it applies as well because it is a explosive Oh, yeah, yeah, both yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. both yeah. of them are highly, highly yeah. important sort of thing for this. Yeah. Cool. I put down posterior knee because we've recently had a hamstring tendon strain or tendon. Plenty. And... Um, a baker cyst at the back of the knee. Um, so would that be just from 
that's a strain. Both of those examples are strain slash cartilage tears. And the baker cyst, I don't think it is. The baker cyst, I'm not sure if there is actual necessarily a trigger for it. But some people are just predispositioned to having baker cyst. Yeah, it, it, it can just pop up randomly. Yeah. But I, from memory, from what I remember, it does tend to be because of the crouching position. So it's shortened the whole time? No. Or just the increased pressure? Just increased pressure, yeah. 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 As we said again, in this this is where it it sort of may overlap very mildly with what I mentioned in soccer. As I just said before, with the if you suddenly lose control of the weight and your knee suddenly goes outwards or inwards mm. whilst it's still in a planted position, then yeah, that's 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 where there is a risk of potential meniscal damage. And um, it was in the previous episode that I talked about with the soccer injuries. That's the same where there's a foot planted and then then the knee goes inwards or outwards in that position. In in soccer, fair, fair enough, it's got a contacts probably more or less to it but in this case it can you've got the weight that's on top of you or that you're trying to hold and that's what happens so it can be that pivot in that knee that can actually cause a meniscal injury in there cool i don't think it'd be a common one having said that i'm not sure yeah i'm I'm not come across one. yeah, yeah but it'd be something that i could see potentially being a potential injury I don't think people can get down that low most of the time anyway, so <laughs> good for you if you got one. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be that low. It can it can be like normal squat parallel can do it. True. It does it then to destabilize or to put any tension onto that, it just needs a little bit of unlocking. Mm-hmm. It's safer when it's a straightened knee, but it's it can still be done. I'm not saying that it can't be done in a straightened knee, but as soon as there's a bit of an unlockage. That's all you need. Yeah. And knee pain, people who get increased pressure or soreness in their knee when they do lots of squats, maybe have a think about what your hip and ankles are doing as well. Is your knee copying it because it has to do most of the work or give you most of your range from either or look up, look down the chain as always. Ankles, not much. It's more locking, if anything. Or Ankles. yeah. Yeah. It's where they don't have enough dorsiflexion. So yeah. they're that's when the other injuries stem from, like you just mentioned. Mm. Um the the knee where the knee has to do more of the job or the hip has to do more of the job, but it's predominantly more of a locking up more more of a not enough movement through there than anything else the foot as well right yeah. um rolling in or and also your knees usually the 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 particular joint that has to it's because the halfway joint yeah. yeah yeah uh cool and last but not least uh i've got abdominal hernia i've not encounter i've not seen anyone have it myself but it could be a potential injury when you're under a very 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 heavy load and trying to brace for your life i would imagine more likely for power i would have thought so in this case as well i can see it potentially more in power and again i probably again with regards to i'd say probably more likely to happen on a deadlift no I could, I would suspect, and then the the bench, the bench, yeah, the press. I could see them potentially doing it, and it's it's nothing you can really do about it. No, that's a surgical you? thing, yeah, more likely surgical. than not. And 
for once, male gets it more than females. <laughs> uh, I think I think that's normally the case with hernias. Yeah, they're, they they seem to be more the... predisposed to it, but it's more inguinal, yeah. abdominal, slightly different to it. Oh yeah, sorry, I just meant hernias in general. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, we very we put out a a um, Instagram thingy to invite people to ask us a, ask, uh, ask us some question. Unfortunately, we didn't allow a lot of time so we got one we got one very 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 good question from maxis npr aren't we lucky that we have a weightlifting coach <laughs> um so her question was actually very very interesting and relevant as well so um she actually her pro- she mentioned her problem was she realized that her pain actually moves from joint to joint from side to side and um she also followed up by answering her own question, <laughs> um, saying that it is you, it could it is the hips and the the core specifically that would be the main culprit. Um, I had a chat with Jackie prior to the recording, and that is definitely the case. Um, so we would like to. Well, where this would be the baseline, definite, definitive, without saying this is our this is what we're saying. Yes. Yeah. Of course, she's she's abroad, so it's a bit hard for us to lay our eyes on her. Um, thank you for the question. So we thought we'll help you out by throwing out a few exercises. Core, core exercises that we love to use at um, Jermaine Health. And if you've been a patient of us, I'm I'm sure you would have done it. <laughs> Some of these will sound familiar. Yeah. Um, so things that you can Google. Um, our favorite isometric planking core exercise is the Beast Hold. Mm-hmm. Or bear hold. Or Some bear people hold. know it as the bear hold. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the easiest way to target the core without the other joints involved. Yeah. Um, other things like butt dog or um, so you're in four point kneeling. Yep. Yep. Reaching arm and leg. Dead bug, which is the opposite, says so you're on your on your back and doing the exact same actions. Mm. So these are the base that the basic movements that you should be able to nail and hold. What prescription? Like the the top of the. You can't prescribe it specifically you prescribe. because you, you don't know how the person's individually presenting. Mm-hmm. I, I've got some people that I'll be like, all right, hold it for three breaths. I'll I'll say some hold it for. 30 seconds because one can't I can visually see that one yeah. is nowhere near the yeah. other one's time frame abilities I meant in terms of like progressing from those can all be done to, together together mm-hmm. cool yeah um, so so do that pro- we're, we're giving the baseline ones there's progressions of each of those yeah but at the moment they're yeah. the, they're the basis basics for each of them Chuck them in your warm-up and test yourself out. You may or may not be very, very surprised. I've also written some interesting things. Um, if you are getting injured, um, things worth considering. Um, what shoes are you wearing? Are your shoes too worn? Um, so I know of the the Vegas's, um incident, it's because the shoe was very slippery. Yep. So when you're going into your split jerk, you're not able to put the brakes on, hence all your muscular tenderness, ligamentous structures have to um, put the brakes on. Yep. Yeah. Um, another thing is barb the barbell. Um, so check that your barbells are in good working order, that the collars can spin properly. So if you imagine you are going from your palm facing you in the snatch to your palm facing out. That is a rotation around you. If 
When you go around and you finish the lift at the top, the plates aren't allowed to spin um, to dissipate the force that goes into your shoulder. Yeah. Rotator cuff injury there. Cool. And lastly, very simple, but things just lift on a even surface. Yeah, because you don't want to load mm-hmm, your body mm-hmm. um, asymmetrically and yeah, cause all the unnecessary overuse. So yeah. I think we covered quite a bit for you we to did. think about. Send us some DMs or whatever, and yep. hopefully we can address it in the future. But thank you for your time. Guys, if you like what we're presenting, give us a thumbs up, a like, or share it with one other person who you think we may be able to help. For those of you who are coaches, dancers, or athletes and may find difficulty in expressing or executing your movement patterns, please do connect with us on our website, www.germainhealth.com.au, or please socialise with us on our Facebook or Instagram, which is exactly what Sarah just said. And last but not least, since this podcast is made for you, our clients, patients, and fans, do let us know what else you might like to hear about. Thanks for today, guys. See you. See you.